Welcome back to the Christian Theological Dark Web. Today we are exploring the final episode of The Quiet Rebellion series. In this final episode of the series, we explore prayer with pain as the backdrop. Pain is an inescapable reality for every living thing. The conundrum of an omnipotent and omnibenevolent God creating and interacting with us is potentially the most difficult enigma to reconcile in any human's life. Today, we look at prayer's place in the middle of pain, but viewed through the lens of the eternal nature of our souls and God's divine story and purposes with special guest, Kelsey Lee Thomas. Stay tuned and thanks for watching. This is the Christian Theological Dark Web. All right. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, clearly, we're having a good time here. Um, oh, I want to, first of all, welcome you guys to the Christian Theological Dark Web. I will probably edit out the first part we just had there. But uh, it was very, it's been very fun. We have on a special guest today, uh, who is my sister, Kelsey Lee. Welcome on again, Kels. It's good to have you here. Hey, my guys. best friend. And Kelly's, also, Kelly Shelley's Kelsey best Lee. Yes, not Kelly. Kelly's my aunt. Lee Thomas. Kelsey Lee right. Thomas. Well, we were giving you the opportunity to remain in some semblance of obscurity, but too late now. I don't need it. That's my government name. Go look me up. <laughs> yeah, no one, I'm sure no one Kelsey else has Lee that Thomas. name. Kelsey Lee Thomas. Nobody else has that name. Um, so welcome, guys. Today we are actually following up on the end of our series the quiet rebellion and today we have titled this episode i want to make sure i get it right praying in praying in pain through the lens of eternity so you can probably kind of guess what we're talking about today and it's uh even though we're pretty lighthearted at the moment and kind of enjoying our vibe um it's it's a heavy topic and we chose our invitee uh with a very specific uh, purpose in mind one because obviously we love her but two she has a really powerful story that i really pray and do believe will bless your heart very much and remind you that god is a powerful god mm -hmm. who transcends time who transcends our fleeting emotions even though they feel like eternities to us um, his plan is ultimately the one that matters um i would like to give you guys obviously i should present my co-host Shelly Aleman, Shelly German, who's Shelley. on with us. Hello, everybody, yeah. again. We could call her Shelly German or Concha Aleman, which is <laughs> Shelly Aleman in Spanish. Um, <laughs> she is my co-host. and Oh, yeah, I guess I am the Concha, huh? The Concha Aleman, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And, and whose phone? Am I a shell figuring in both of your phones? Yes, you are. They don't even have and my name. I'm, I'm I'm just a shell. I'm not going to lie. It was getting problematic because I couldn't find your name when I would look for you in my contacts. So I actually... Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. So I had to... Here, look, I'm going to show you. Yeah, I had to, this I had Kelsey to do that. This is what it's like. Yep. We now we can do it <laughs> Thank again. You for... And I'm calling you. Don't, don't pick up. Um, so... I won't pick up. Yes, we're already here. Anyway, that is... This is going well. Here we go. This is great. There's been no technical difficulties this whole evening. Everyone started on time. There were no problems with electricity or echoes. Or <laughs> so Cat hair. Or cat hair. Nada. <laughs> yeah. No anxiety or anything else. So, without further ado, um, we will be talking today about 
pain seen through the lens of eternity. I do want to give you guys a quick plug-ins. Um, you can follow us at solo.to slash the CTDW. Again, that's solo.to slash the CTDW. Go and give us a follow. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can uh, follow us, obviously, here for the podcast. Um, actually, I have begun uploading all of our stuff on YouTube. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, soon to follow Rumble and all the other ones just as well, right? I mean, in this day and age, you don't know where you can say things, so you just say them wherever you can say them. Uh, and that's the way <laughs> things are in this modern era. Um, so let's go ahead and get started, guys. And I am just going to kind of talk a little bit about what's what's going on. We are still using this bad boy. This is our last week, our last episode to be using Tyler right. Statton's Praying Like Tyler Monks. Stanton. Living Like Fools. Uh, I want to thank Shelly, actually, for, for finding this book in the first place, because it has been, um, and I think Kelsey would agree, monumental. In, in our lives 10 out of 10 would recommend would you like to make any comments don't know the dude Kelsey, but about the book i just well, did. besides that uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so just i guess on your note we can go here um so uh when i got pregnant with my first daughter um it was almost like a wall went up around my head uh just like a sound wall and uh golly she's two and a half now Till she was about two years old, so almost three years, I just couldn't hear from God. Uh, you know, he'd been so present, so evident, and I was seeking and pressing in and seeking and pressing in. I'm like, dude, where are you? Yeah. Like, not that I'm like, I, I don't have anywhere else to go, you know? <laughs> where am I supposed to go? Like, <laughs> You, you but, alone have uh, the words of life. Yes, absolutely. Like, okay, well, you're the truth, so I'm just going to have to wait around until I hear you. So, um it was a struggle. I mean, I just, I was so disheartened, um, waiting to hear that. And literally I read the first chapter and by read, I mean, listened to on my way to work at five in the morning, uh, and was bawling the whole way there. And I was just, I was just crying. And wouldn't you know, like the next day, like it, it's kind of crazy. Cause it was, it, it was pretty much like the guy was like, Hey, be honest with God. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm honest with God. And then like, he's like, say everything, you know, every little thing, be honest, be honest with God. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? Sometimes I have some bad feelings about people at work, God, and that's ugly. I'd like to stop that. And Hey, you know what? Sometimes I get frustrated with my kid and my husband. I'd really like to stop that. Like that's gross. And literally just life changing. Uh, you wouldn't think that that would be so hard, but he cares about those little things that, oh, my husband really frustrated me this morning. Uh, and just it repersonalized my savior again to me. And, you know, it was like the first love. It's like the honeymoon love. It was like, oh, my God, my goodness, like this guy's my friend. <laughs> and and so it was really revolutionary. Um, I really enjoyed the book. It was things you know, right? But it's like, right. You don't do like, what am I doing? Hiding stuff from God. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm having these thoughts. Why don't I just share them with God? Why don't, why don't I share them with God? He knows them. Yeah. Right. So it's been needless to say, I have heard from the Lord quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> when I approached him as the personal being that he is not, uh, a genie God in the sky way far yeah. off. Why can't you hear me? Not even just yeah. asking stuff, but like, why aren't you talking to me? Well, you're not very fun to talk to right now, Kelsey. Like you're just like, 
Okay, pray for my stepkids, pray for my okay, Lord, thanks. Please let me have a good day. Amen. You know, that I don't want somebody to list off their day to me like that, yeah. you know? Like that's that's not what I want from anyone. So um I really do recommend that book. Uh I believe that God and the Holy Spirit was, you know, really with Tyler when he wrote that. So Oh, um, I'm sure he was. Okay. Yeah, great. The end. I'm, okay. I'm glad that you've gotten a lot out of it. Um I mean, I think it goes without saying that Shell and I have gotten plenty out of this book. Uh, oh, yeah. To. I, I reread this chapter again so I could kind of prepare and go over my notes and stuff. And <clears throat> yeah, it's just really, really good stuff. Um, we're talking about pain seen through the lens of eternity, like we said, right? Praying. How was it? Praying in pain through the lens of eternity. But in short, the, the real word or the, the uh, theological term for it is theodicy. A theodicy is to composed words from Greek, which means theos, which is obviously God, and decay or dikei, which means a custom usage. It means justice, or it even means a court case. And as I kind of was thinking about this, I was like, hmm, so <laughs> the problem of pain of God is a court case, God's court case. Is it God's custom? What does that mean? Um, and Tyler says that it's the justice of God. Um, which I don't think really softens the blow anymore, if I'm being really honest. Um, but I, I immediately went to go look this up because I, I kind of was curious about it, where it comes from. And the word originally, the word as we know it, theodicy, comes from the French, which I'm not going to try and pronounce. It's theodicy, right? <laughs> um, and it was from... Oui, oui. <laughs> so it was from a work from 1710 by a guy named... Leibniz, I'm going to forget his first and last name, but he wrote this book about essentially the problem of evil, right? And it's only a problem. I mean, we can go on about this philosophically and on and on and on, but that's really not, that's not necessarily the, uh, the angle that we're trying to go for here today. Uh, because I think we all know if you're a Christian of, of any level of learnedness and, almost like an introductory opening to what pain is and what, what evil is, right? All of us know that evil can't exist unless good exists and good can't exist unless there was a prime mover to make it because the law of, uh, the law of good and, and evil is written in our hearts, even though we can push it one way or the other, but there's still things that we inherently feel are right and wrong. I mean, it's just not a thing you can get rid of. So I'm not really here to talk about that. You can debate me all day on it if you want to. Um, quite frankly, it's not a very hard argument to to come to a conclusion on. You can't have good things without bad things or vice versa, right? So that's really not what I'm here for. What I did think was interesting is I went to go look up what Laban is said, and I'm going to read you his, his train of thought. It's pretty short. God is omnipotent. He's omniscient and omnibelevent. Benevolent, excuse me. Um, he created the existing world. God could have created any number of different worlds or none at all because he's omniscient. He's omnipotent, omnipotent and omnibenevolent. It's a very hard word to say. Omnibenevolent. He knew which was the best one and he made it. And here we are. We are the best decision of all worlds God could have created. Right. So that is the reasoning behind that. And that is uh, the conundrum of the theodicy, I always want to say theodicy, it's theodicy. Um, that's, that's where it comes from. And that's actually on, you can look up, uh, look it up on Britannica. I'll post the, the, 
link here in a little bit. I don't think it's any kind of uh, curiosity what's happening. Like, I, I'm sure you guys have been seeing what's going on in the news with the Asbury University, right? That that revival has mm -hmm. been just kind of birthing and in kind of an unusual way compared to what you and I are used to listening to about revival, right? Um, and when I say you and I, I mean you, the listener, and obviously my gu my guests and co-host. Um, when we think about revival, most of us think of like Smith Wigglesworth. If you don't know who that is, go look him up. Guy was crazy. He would go oh, up and perform miracles, like amazing. drop kick babies, yeah. and they would be made whole instantly. I mean, he was a crazy dude. He was a weirdo. <laughs> Not unlike John the Baptist, who would eat crickets, right. and which I didn't know this as an aside. I didn't know that crickets were allowed in the Jewish diet, but they are. And I was like, oh, that's pretty weird. That guy was a weirdo. He went to go look to eat the weird things on purpose to make people uncomfortable and annoyed. That's a good, that's a good source of protein. It is, be, so, but, I, but it, doesn't, you know. it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be kosher, is what I'm saying. Not, mm, not the diet I'm going. Oh, but you know what? <clears throat> you you will, you will eat insects, and you will be happy when you own nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Carl. <laughs> Mr. Klaus Schwab. Um, Did you say it, Carl? It, he, sorry, Carl. Klaus. 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 Oh, that's right. Klaus. Sorry. Whatever. Whatever. Not Karl Marx. <laughs> Evil man. Guys, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't do any of it's those okay. things well. We'll forgive anyway. you, Shell. You're not up to date on pop John, culture. John Jesus cousin <laughs> um, would definitely have been eating kosher. Yes. He he was in the order of a of a Nazarite like um, Samson. So. He definitely was very careful to only eat what yeah. was clean. Sorry, I just had to put no, that out there. No, I'm, I please all the input you that matters to me. Absolutely, it's it's super important. It, well, and actually, I went looking into that because I was weirded out. I was like, can he eat that and like get away with that? Is that like acceptable? And sure enough, that's like something they could yeah. eat. And I'm sure that that all of the uh, religious leaders of the time, who were essentially the uh, political leaders, also. Uh, we're like, I guess we're going to eat that crap. Fine. I guess it's acceptable. Kind of thing. Like, <laughs> freaking weirdo. So um, we were talking about the revival in uh, Asbury, but we went to crickets. Um, <laughs> now we got there. But I think that the fact that that, that that particular revival itself is so peaceful. That's what everybody keeps saying, right? And now it's outside the four walls, which is awesome. But the fact that it's so peaceful to me almost seems like a response from God about, about the times we're living in. We live in extremely chaotic times. Um, and they're going for more, frankly. You know, I, I continue to believe that, that we will go through times of heaviness and then reprieve and heaviness and reprieve. But um, as far as... I agree. What's that, Kels? I agree. Sorry. No, no that's fine. Uh, as far as... Uh, the reprieve, we're not in it right now. Um, but that Asbury revival is God hinting at what he's ready to do. And, you know, it's a friend of mine commented on it, you know, that it's it's a bunch of kids. God chose a bunch of kids, you know, that, that are hungry for him, that are that are hurting. 
and they see their world and they see their nation and they're frustrated and they don't know what to do except seek God because there's not anything else to do. God is the one that resolves these issues. I mean, it's not to say that there aren't social movements and uprisings and upheavals. Of course there are. But uh, Jesus answers us in our pain, you know, and sometimes it takes a while for us to, to catch up and realize that. Um, I wanted to, to take a quick moment and talk about something that that speaking of pain that since we're not trying to go from a philosophical aspect kind of how we're going at this i started thinking about people in the bible and i'll let you guys chime in if you want to here for sure um that went through some immense suffering obviously jesus comes to mind i mean nobody on this earth has suffered more than than jesus himself there's no one else that suffered more in any way Right. I mean, he did all the kinds of pain that exist. He was physically brutalized, put to death, made to stay alive, to, to suffer more death. Um, he furthermore was an outcast. Right. Uh, most of his his life, frankly, um, the majority of his life, he was all, even when he was a kid, people were like, what are you? His par- own parents were like, what are you doing? Why didn't you come with us? He was like, I was taking care of business, you know? So obviously he was, even though he grew in stature with men, that doesn't mean that you don't, that you have close relationships and that you, you know, that you're, that you have those, those warm bonds that, that everyone else has. Um, I think all three of us on this little panel here are examples of not having a ton of warm bonds because people don't, they don't always know how to embrace you. And I'm not, it's not a, Oh, Oh, woe is me kind of thing. It's just, that's the way I grew up, you know? I mean, right. Um, and that's kind of what you're trying to say is we're a bunch of weirdos that don't get along with the normies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to kill your people, if you're going with the definition with the Bible, (laughs) yeah. I mean, by definition, we're not supposed to make a whole lot of sense. Right. Um, is there any, I have to clarify this. This world is not my home. This is not my generation. (laughs) I am a citizen of heaven. Sorry. Of heaven. (laughs) Saw that on the last episode. Yeah. I said that. Okay, carry on. I'm bad at interrupting. No. Please interrupt, because I'll just be talking otherwise, and no one wants to just hear me. Right? Um, We're just listening to Ricky. You're right. <laughs> Is there anybody that you guys particularly identify with, obviously, other than Jesus, that you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Oh, in the Bible? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's where you were going with that. I am indeed. Because they cert- <clears throat> there were certainly people that suffered through the lens of eternity and keep kept on praying. Almost definitely. So- I'm going to go. Mine, go. mine is the woman, the woman who was had a bleeding disorder for like 12 years mm. or something and touched the hem of Christ's robe and he recognized her. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You shall. I, I have quite a few. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. Same. Well, because for a long time I was, I was the prodigal's brother. You know, always faithful, always faithful. And like uh, the psalmist who was like, how come I keep seeing the the um, evil people succeed? And I'm so frustrated. And then <laughs> and then after um, my world blew up when my ex-husband, he was husband at the time, um, Went to jail for possessing child pornography, for having um, 
uh, an electronic relationship. That just sounds wrong. He he sexted with my underage niece. Yeah. Um, I kind of I did a backslide thing. I really did. Um, where I just kind of had to figure things out. Talk about mad at God. Um, one of my closest friends. We all well. I say my closest friends to to the world out there. You guys knew Jill. Ricky graduated with Jill. Um, Kelsey knew Jill since she was a little girl. Uh, they were friends. We were all friends. And uh, she got cancer and she died. She had a baby. He was two years old. We really believed that God was going to heal her. Um, it It hurt a lot of people. But then on top of that, a month after she died, um, Homeland Security busted down my door. And, oh, I guess I'm going into kind of a little bit of my testimony. Sorry, guys. Do but, <laughs> um, I'm going to continue. <clears throat> they busted down my door. Um, they had already got my husband down the street. He was, he was heading uh, out to a class. And... Only my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter, and I were home, and they knew that because they were watching my house. Um, and they put me in handcuffs and held an automatic weapon to my daughter's head, and once trained on me, and um, started tearing my house apart looking for child pornography. They didn't know if I was involved in it, therefore I was cuffed. And um, once they realized that my daughter was a minor, you know, they backed off of her. Um, it was a, it was horrible. That was the end of multiple years of um, of my husband's unfaithfulness and uh, porn addiction. Um, but then my niece, my niece was involved in in this and. Uh, so my world really came down, and I was mad at God. I was mad at God for taking Jill and for uh, leaving us in this situation. And I remember being, my daughter being heartbroken and um, me thinking, oh, I need Hannah to talk to Jill. And Jill was now already in heaven and not here anymore. And Hannah didn't have Jill to talk to, to, to try to make sense of everything. And, and man, God kind of did me dirty, you know, that's how I felt. And so I, um, I did one of the kind of the three things you do for me. I kind of walked away from God. I, I went through motions for a while um, and I never quit believing in him because he's done too much. I know, I know that he's real. That's, um, that's one of the most, I'm not going to stop you from talking. I just, I want to say that that's one of the most frustrating places to be um, because you, like, you know, right? Like I remember when people would, would talk with me and I would like play it through my head. Like, I'm just going to say I'm an atheist. I'm like, there's no, there's just no way I can say that. That's just such a dumb thing to say. I can't do it. Like, it's dumb. It's dumb. I, I don't believe that. Right. Like, I just don't, you know? I know. I'm and, mad at God, but I'm not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad at you, creature, human, guy, thing that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. Yeah, right. How can you be mad at what doesn't exist? Right. So, 
I um I lived a wanton life for I don't know a year, year and a half, and I sowed all the wild oats I had never sowed because I I really had been pretty pretty much the try to toe the line girl. Um, not perfectly, obviously. But I, when I came back to Christ, it was like being the woman at the well and Jacob rolled up into one for me. I got to realize that even when, even when I was Jacob and not Israel, that God loved me the same. He loved Jacob, Amen. the liar, the the manipulator and deceiver, as much as he loved Israel, the the prince of God, and and that's how it was for me. So I really relate to to both Jacob and the woman at the well. It, and it wasn't for me so much. He told me my whole story. It was he knows it all, and matter of factly here this is who you are and um and I knew that no matter what I don't have to earn God's love because really I can't anyway um but he loves me so completely um on the days that I get it wrong as much as on the days the few days that I get it right um I guess since we're on the subject and we're talking about pains, um, I, I guess about two years ago, got going on two years now, uh, out of nowhere, I lost my voice and, um, I lost my voice and I'm an interpreter. All I do is talk for a living and I lost my voice and all I've ever done my whole life is use it and sing. And that's one of my favorite things to do. And all of, a, all of a sudden I couldn't do it for more than 15 minutes and my voice is toast. I can podcast obviously, but, uh, I'm still in the same boat. Um, and pretty recently someone that <laughs> God, it's so funny. I got, I was really frustrated about this one day and I've, I, I have my own record. Well, not my own record label per se, but I, I, I put music out every once in a while. The song you guys hear at the beginning of, and end of our um, podcast is something I wrote. Amazing song. Oh, you're sweet. No, I love and, it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you will obviously not hear any vocals and there's a reason for that because I don't really have much to put out because I can't. And that is something that is highly, highly painful for me. And one day, you know, it's something I talk to the Lord still about. And he's dealt with me on it and continues to deal with me. But the point I'm getting to is that one day I was basically telling the Lord, there's there's no there, there's nobody in the Bible that has gone through what I've gone through. <laughs> really? And the Lord was like, why don't you turn to the gospel and Matthew look up one? Zachariah? Right. And Zachariah was basically like where I was at. Um, he was not able to get his voice back until he had faith about it, until he believed God for his word. Um, which makes me ask myself, maybe I'm, I'm not believing all, all that in a bag of chips. But the point is, um, I, 
I have the option to, to give up and not want to continue, right? Uh, but the other option is to just say, you know what? Your sovereignty and your thoughts are way greater and higher than mine. And I will continue to serve you. Now, believe me, it doesn't, doesn't mean that I don't get frustrated. I mean, the thing I, want, the thing I most want to do is on Sundays sing because I feel the joy of the Lord. And I feel the Holy Spirit there. And I can sing a little bit, but I mean, my voice just starts giving out. What can I do? Um, but God has been good, man. And he continues to... He continues to provide things, but it doesn't make it any easier. Anyway, that's that's that as far as people go. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some aspects of of this journey. Uh, I'm trying to think how. Hey, best before ahead, you get too involved, Rick, I want to no, read um, Romans eight, starting with please verse read. eighteen, because. Um, it, it is where, for me, the lens of eternity comes into play. Um, what version am I reading from? I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible. So <laughs> it is the one I prefer. I'm not going to lie there. Um, but Paul says, I don't think the sufferings we're going through now are even worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us in the future. Yeah. The creation, Amen. the creation waits eagerly for the sons of God to be revealed for the creation was made subject to frustration, not willingly, but because of the one who subjected it, but it was given a reliable hope that it too would be set free from its bondage to decay and would enjoy the freedom accompanying the glory that God's children will have. We know that until now, the whole creation has been groaning as with the pains of childbirth and not only it, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we continue waiting eagerly to be made sons. That is to have our whole bodies redeemed and set free. It was in this hope that we were saved. But if we see what we hope for, it isn't hope. After all, who hopes for what he already sees? But if we continue hoping for something we don't see, then we still wait eagerly for it with perseverance. And is I that, think that hope, hope is, is that. Is that all of Romans? That lens. Yeah, Romans eight eighteen through. Yeah, still scrolling. through 25. Okay, go ahead. Finish your thought. Um, hope is the lens of eternity. That's, and that's what our world is lacking so, so much. And it's the lack of hope that is pushing people to do things that are heinous. Um, shoot up a school, shoot up a church, kill themselves. Um, uh, it's just, it's hopelessness. Hopelessness is what's doing this. Fentanyl is on the rise. Use of fentanyl is on the rise because of hopelessness. It's hopelessness. And we have hope that that is, um, 
that is how we get through not that life is easy because life is not easy life is life hasn't been easy to anybody here on the screen um and our our hope isn't just that we're going to be resurrected and we will live eternity um with christ which is what we long for to be in his presence but our hope is that God will make sense out of things here now. And when we're in the midst of the, the really hard, the quiet, um, what feels like God just telling us not interested, that hope, we can't, we can't lose hold of the hope. Um, that's why we're we're told to um, don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season we'll reap a harvest. You, you know, Shell, there's a really good point that that you're bringing up, and I was actually thinking about this. Um, I think it's fifty six Psalm fifty six that Tyler brings up in here. Um, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but the portion is where he talks about that. Um, and this might just be one of those ones that the Holy Spirit was just kind of bringing to me. Um, I'm slowly learning places in my Bible, but for now, I know the references, not the spaces, um, where they're actually located. It was the reference to, or where, where the psalmist says that, you know, that there's, there's pain and there's, there's suffering, but joy comes with, with the morning. It's an interesting conundrum, uh, and I... I've been thinking this uh, this whole thought about pain and suffering and praying through it has been making me wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive into more ancient languages and the way that work they work. I don't know if it's the same with Arabic or all Semitic languages, but I do know. Sorry, let me back up, guys. Semitic languages are uh, Arabic, um, uh, Hebrew, and kind of regionally all those kind of uh, uh, languages. <laughs> For those of you guys that don't really study this stuff, sorry. Uh, Semitic languages and other ancient languages have, as far as I know, have a tendency to have something in their grammar that is completionary and non-completionary. And I think we've talked about this in previous episodes. But what's interesting about, I'm sure you guys have heard at some point where people say, I, it hasn't happened yet, but I know that God will manifest it because God is good and he'll do it in his time, Right. I'm sure you guys have heard that phrase before. Do you know why people say that phrase? Well, let me tell you. They say that phrase <laughs> because Hebrew does not work in past, present, and future. Hebrew works in or it's done or it's not done. And many old world concepts work in a cyclical manner. And that's not the way they thought of life as cyclical because it had either been done or it had not been done yet or had been done or it had not been done yet. And, and I, I have a pretty, personally, I have a solid grasp of this concept because I study Chinese and I know that Chinese is the exact same way. It's completionary. Not already, and non not yet. Exactly. And you can have a future thing that's already done, which is super weird to us in English. Super, super weird. But that Very is where the concept. in Hebrew. What's that? Very common in Hebrew. Yes. Though. And, and that's why a lot of people translating stuff into a more modern language like English have a lot of hangups because Hebrew doesn't work that way. Hebrew is either completed or it's not completed. 
So when when the psalmist says that the joy comes in the morning, as far as he he's concerned, the joy is already taken care of, even though he's not experiencing that and he's not there yet. For me, for me personally, as a big language nerd, that is a humongous weight off of my chest. It, it gives me perspective to understand that my pain is so temporal because I perceive it to be in time. But my pain is, 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 is a passing thing. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is what God has already established and manifested. It's just I can't see it because I work in a confined space and in a confined dimension called time. Um, right. I'm stuck in the dark correct. right now, but morning comes. Right. And as sure as morning does come, weeping will end and joy will come. And as a part That's of that show, really good. we could even think about these yes. um, conceptually, right? Like we, I know that that's not the way the psalmist wrote it. I know what the psalmist was thinking, but, but the word of God can be expounded upon infinitely. It's, <laughs> it's not confined to a small set of ideas and spaces. So we can that's take true. old world ideas, right? The darkness represented the chaos and the light represented the hope and the new beginning in life and the, the darkness death. So yes, right now you might be feeling like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't have to fear any evil because God is with you, right? His rod and his staff, they comfort you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's the hope. See, so that, that's when you hear somebody talk about these, these concepts and they're thrown around so cavalierly at church and so almost cheaply kind of sold to you as these these bargain goods of the Lord is faithful brother and Bible belt, Bible belt, believing, prophecy, loving kind of stuff. That's not the word of God. The word of God is true. That's why it's true today, yesterday and tomorrow, because it was and is and is to come. It is the eternal cycle that God has set in motion. So our suffering and our pain, we should know, like the word says, produces perseverance, produces good fruit in us you know the holy spirit i'm sorry guys i'm going off but the, the spirit's really speaking it's to good. me it's good preach the, the the spirit uh this holy spirit the other night gave me a dream which is weird i do not dream it's very odd for me to dream and i walked into this classroom when I, in this dream and i told this this dream to my wife to my daddy that the kids were learning like about the fruits of the spirit but it was like a game which is fine, you know, kids, that's how kids learn. But like, I got like really zealous, like, no, you can, you can play any other game you want, but don't play with the fruits of the spirit. And I woke up and I was like, and I mean, this is like one of those like dreams I kept going through in my head and I, I it like woke me up and I was like, why am I dreaming about this weird thing about like, why does it have to be so serious? What the Holy Spirit was just telling me and, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to my wife too. But the Holy Spirit was telling me because we treat the fruits of the spirit as a, cheap concept the fruits of the spirit are outgrowths of the way you should be living so if you are praying through suffering if you are laboring when it's difficult when if you are planting and you are trying to to reap that wherever you can if you're if you're sowing it and don't even see anything come from the reaping that's where the fruit of the spirit is born that's where the fruit of god is born and in our suffering right that's that's what work is by definition, mm -hmm. is suffering. When we suffer through something, we see those fruits. And I understood that that's what the Holy Spirit was telling me. He's like, don't take these things lightly. They're not just this 
kiddie song that you learn in Sunday school and then that's the end of it. No, these these are real, potent, powerful things that will begin mm -hmm. to be seen if your walk and your closeness with me, in spite of your pain, in spite of the things you're going through, whether you're in sickness, whether you're in poverty, whether you're in you're out of your right mind, as Paul says, right? For the sake of others, for the sake of the gospel, you know that you're doing the right thing and the peace does come and the peace stays with you. It's not a peace that, that the world gives. That's my rant. <laughs> That's actually really good because I think we can think of the fruit of the Spirit as benefit for us instead of Outgrowth. outgrowth of yeah. um, our obedience, really. Yeah. And it's eternal. It is eternal. <clears throat> Those things are eternal. I wanna... By the way, oh, it was Psalm 30. Sorry, Psalm 35. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Not 56. So. That's good. Sorry, um, friend. <laughs> <Not close. laughs> You're in the right There's place, so many songs. Psalm. There's so many. Um, <laughs> 20 back that way. <laughs> yeah. To the T. Um, I want to get on this subject, Kels, because I want to let you talk a little bit about where you're coming from <clears> and what you... It's fine. You can clear your throat. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> the cough is terrible. Um, these are just some conceptual things that feel free to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, if, if they don't really even stimulate anything, that's fine. I'm sure that we'll find a way to lead into what we're talking about. But something that I found really interesting was when Tyler talks about frustration, uh, when you're praying and at the beginning of this talk and Kelsey, you'll, you'll relate really well. I'm going to give a real quick sum up. There's a girl in the book that Tyler talks about named Jenna. And Jenna was basically, she worked in ministry. Uh, she was pretty penniless, to be honest. Didn't even have a microwave. And God, she, she learned to kind of what I'm doing, learned to really rely on God for each and everything, each and every day. And um, she prayed one day, for example, for a, a microwave that she didn't have to warm for food that she could barely pay for. And she's like, God, I don't have a microwave. And 48 hours la later, in some sketchy, weird part of town, she got a microwave. But with her husband, she could not conceive. And she was very, very deeply troubled by this. She, she tried uh, in vitro and all sorts of stuff and just nothing was resulting. She ended up meeting a friend of hers named Helen. And Helen ended up having cervical cancer. And they, it was operable and she could get it fixed, but then she wouldn't be able to get pregnant. Well, they prayed and prayed. It went away. And she was able to get pregnant and she had her son and they were of course rejoiced and not that long after she got pregnant so did jenna and jenna rejoiced you know and they, they were able to have their children and they were extremely extremely happy for obvious reasons right and all of a sudden not too long after jenna starts having uh, sorry helen starts having jenna's friend starts having some really intense pains in her stomach they find huge gigantic tumor that's inoperable because it's invaded all of her vital organs and she's i mean there's nothing they can do they pray and pray and pray jenna says god there's there's no way you would take this person from me because she just had a newborn you, you you know you've done a miracle once do it again and they were fully believing fully trusting and helen's just declined more and more and more and more until finally 
Jenna, who says that she was still believing even when she hopped on a plane from New York all the way to Ireland to go see her friend. She says when she walked in the room, she says, God, I don't think you can do this. And they kept praying and spending time together. And finally, Jenna realized Helen's not going to make it. And she tells her friend amongst the Helen's family, she finally tells her, Helen, it's okay. You can go. And Helen does. She dies. And Jenna comes back and talks about a lot of her experiences and a lot of difficulties. And what I wanted to highlight was really some of the following things. She says that for her, she came back to New York and she was kind of dumbfounded. She didn't know what to say, how to pray, what to think. I'm going to read from her own words. She wasn't sure she should continue to follow God if she believed in him. And, and out of her own words, she says, where is it at? This really good quote. Either God is not powerful enough or God is not good enough. And that's a hard place to be when you put all your eggs in one basket. And that basket is Jesus. She says, as she comes back from seeing her friend die, I see it now. This is the moment when so many people walk away. And I actually wanted to. But two things were keeping me. First, I was tethered to Jesus because so much good was built on him too. If I were to deny him, I couldn't just deny his absence in this moment, but I'd have to deny his very presence in so many profoundly good moments. Second, I was too angry to walk away. Like when you're stammering around a room in a raging argument with your spouse, and you're too angry to step outside and get some air. You've got something to say, and you've just got to say it. And, you know, I had another example, too. I, I recommend, I'm not going to read it right now because it's a little too long, but you should look up Jeremy Camp and his, his first wife's situation. She died to cancer in an unbelievably, I mean, it, what sounds crueler almost than this story. Um, it's, it's a very, very, very dark place that he, he lived through. I think they made a movie out of that, didn't they? They did. They did. They sure did. Um, well, I'll just tell it super quick. He Before they got married, they prayed for his wife. She had cancer. The cancer was gone when they went to go operate on her. They didn't even think they were going to have kids. There was zero cancer. They get married, and like three or four months later, she's filled with cancer, doesn't make it, dies in like three or four months after they get married. And he was super 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 angry at god super angry and god told him get up and praise me and he's like i don't want to do it i don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. um right. but he, he says the same thing he's like where else will i go you alone have the words of life of eternal life lord kels i want you to kind of jump in on that train and um if you would be so kind i know this is a heavy topic for you uh but we would certainly like to hear your um your own words on this matter and not just what what we've heard from the grapevine Sure. I've heard, you've heard it directly from the vine. <laughs> yeah, but not in a, <laughs> not in a detail. No, no one else has. Not in a detail. Uh, okay, so we're going to go way back. Um, so I met my husband out in Odessa, Texas. <laughs> uh, and um, he was not my husband at the time, but we got married shortly thereafter. Um, that'd be hard to meet your husband. Anyways, um, so... 
Uh, he has two kids, so I have two stepkids. Um, and I had to like convince myself that no, I don't want kids. Um, I'm fine. This is good. I have nieces or I have nephews. They're awesome. Uh, kids are inconvenient. I'm too selfish, etc. Um, and which they are, and I am, but here we are. Um, so I was like, you know, this is great being a stepmom. I didn't have to do much of the work and you know, these are great kids. Great. Uh, and then I don't know, I turned 30 and I was like, I need a baby. Um, so, uh, my husband loves kids, so he was happy to oblige with the, you know, the things that lead up to that too. So, um, <laughs> sorry, not appropriate. Um, so the name of been, our podcast is the yeah. theological dark web. You can say kind of, oh. you feel like <laughs> okay. Well, everybody knows how babies are made. So, um, so we tried for a year and finally my husband was like, you need to go to the doctors. Like either something's wrong with you, something's wrong with me. Hmm. I'm like, well, it's me because I've had issues you know my whole life uh so not just those kind of issues like you know we all got issues anyway so went to uh, a lady doctor and they were like no you know nothing's wrong with you uh and i'm like okay um which if you've ever been to midland texas you are definitely cattle when you go through the uh medical anything anyway so i was like okay they were like take these pills and you know try to get try to get pregnant um so you know, did the thing for a while. I prayed fervently for God. I said, God, this is the desire of my heart. I don't know if it's your desire, but I, w I want a baby. I want a baby. So I really identified, uh, God gave me a, and I also had some weird thing like, oh, I'm too old to have babies. I didn't have them when I was 20. What's wrong with me? Um, so I really identified again with, uh, Sarah. So in Abraham's wife, um, for a while there and God, one day in my devotionals, um, the story of uh, Sarah came up and it was uh, kind of hit me. And I, you know, I read through it like, Oh Lord, you know, you give me such the pleasure in my old age, which I'm not old. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Oh man, I was like, you know, maybe I, maybe I'm pregnant. And I'm like, Oh, you know, kind of not wanting to give my hopes up, not wanting to put myself all the way out there with God and like, okay, God, give me a baby, but you know, not really. Uh, but it's okay if you don't, you know, uh, that type of prayer, um, but not really. And so, um, a couple months later, it said, by this time next year, you'll have a son, right? That's the, the story of Abraham and Sarah. And I did not have a son, but I did have a beautiful daughter. Mm -hmm. So, um, got pregnant, didn't think about it. Healthy baby. Uh, she's just a, she's awesome. Right. Um, and so when I was on, so praise the Lord, hallelujah, you know, blessings, like, thank you, God. Thank you for her life. Thank you for making me a mother. It has taught me so much more about love. It has made me a better person. It has made me see just a glimpse of how you see me, um, which is nuts because I love that kid so much. Um, and he loves her even more. Um, so, so, you know, very happy, but on the delivery table after I had just pushed Raylan out. Um, I told my husband, uh, to bring her over here. So he brought her over there and I said, Oh my goodness, I want another one <laughs> right on the table. So I already knew I was like, let's go. So let's get this train wreck of a body together and let's, let's have another one. So, um, <laughs> did the whole, you know, in the trenches, uh, 
with a newborn for the first time and my husband was great and uh uh yeah so i was like okay you know let's go through the healing thing maybe you know a year later we'll we'll start trying because you know we had some trouble so i was having um i mentioned that i identified with the woman who uh had uh bleeding problems for many years and so needless to say i was having problems and so uh turns out you can't have a baby if you don't ovulate. So, um, it was, it was not working out. So Jeremy was like, you know what, let's go get a second opinion, go to a place that is not uh, close to us in the oil field and let's go, let's go find you a better doctor. So I really think it was the Lord, uh, sent me over to Lubbock. Uh, the, uh, lady doctor was a man who was definitely a believer. I could tell he just, you know, deep cries out to deep and, you know, and so he, he said, let's get you, you know, got me a ultrasound. So let's figure out what's going on there. And he said, Hey, Miss Thomas, I am so sorry that, um, nobody has ever told you this, but you have PCOS. And he said, I'm going to list these things that, uh, doesn't happen. So you don't ovulate, you cramp all the time. Like even when you're not on your cycle, um, you are exhausted all the time. You can't lose weight, no matter if you diet craziness Shelly can tell you all the willpower I have in uh dieting and still spinning wheels um uh you're exhausted all the time your hair falls out so all these things just check 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 okay that's my life uh I was like well you know it felt good to finally be heard by a doctor and I was like thank you lord you know that was a blessing and he said you know there's there's no cure no whatever we don't even know what causes it we don't know if it's genetic we can't identify it in any gene markers um, so, but there is hope for, um, having a baby, right? You can, we'll just give you this fertility medicine. I said, Oh, well, that's what happened with my first daughter. I just didn't know I had this. And he's like, Oh, well, great. Well then let's talk again when you're pregnant. So I had a whole bunch of hope and, you know, ready to go. So I've been praying God, I'm like, God, I'm getting old. My husband's getting old. Like, I don't want to be 60 and, you know, have an 18 year old that's graduating. Like, I don't want to be 40 with a newborn, <laughs> uh, uh, but well, my husband's 41. And so he's Lord will, and he's going to be, um, <laughs> so, um, I had this timeline in my head. I'm like, okay, God, like if I get pregnant before I'm 35 and you know, they'll only be three years apart, it'll be a good spread and, you know, have all these plans and just, okay, Lord, I trust you. I know you're going to do it. You've done it before. You'll do it again. I believe it, you know? and um been praying for healing too of the pcos if you want to pray for me go right ahead i'll take it um <laughs> so uh so you know we did what we were supposed to do took the medicine um did the things and then boom i i my devotional was actually again uh sarah and so i was like oh this is a sign like god is telling me took a pregnancy test sure enough okay got a baby like praise the lord Thank you, Lord. Like, you know, just, you know, over the moon, you're, you're pregnant. Right. So went, went along, didn't really think too much about it. Didn't want to tell anybody for some reason. I just had a gut feeling like, uh, I don't want to tell people at work, you know, I just want to wait till we know the baby's second trimester. We know the baby's okay. Um, I'm older, so there could be things. So let's just, you know, kind of keep it under wraps. Um, my husband can't keep a secret. So he told all of our family immediately um and uh that happened so we were really excited uh and then uh went to a 
I was a DD, which was really cool for a work party. <laughs> so I was a designated driver. I went um, to my old boss's house and he invited us for dinner and a couple of girls from that I work with came with me and I was feeling like stitches in my side and I'm like, man, I'm cramping a lot. Like, okay, well, you know, maybe it would be the normal time to, you know, just logical. I think Shelly and Ricky mentioned this. I'm, uh, I'm very mathy. I'm an engineer by trade. And so everything's got to be like, okay, well, this makes sense because my body feels like this because, oh, maybe this is the time I'm supposed to, you know, be going through my normal womanly cycle. So, okay, great. Um, and then I'm like, man, I feel bad. Like, I just feel like, ugh, I feel more tired than normal. Um, so, uh, I started a, a little bit of spotting. So sorry if it's graphic, but whatever it is, what it is. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, it's normal. Some girls spot, in, you know, some, especially with your second kids, you know, just trying to logic everything out. And I was like, okay, got home. And then I told, I hadn't told Jeremy yet, my husband. And I said, said, ah, oh, babe, something's wrong. You know, like there's uh, still trying to logic it out in my head. Like I'm spotting a little bit, I'm, you know, I'm passing a little tissue. And he's like, do you need to go to the ER? And I said, yeah. I said, I haven't told my boss that I'm pregnant yet. So got to tell him I'm going to the ER and I'm pregnant and whatever. So I was texting him on the way. Really great boss. So he's gracious. If you hear this, Mike, uh, I would like to stay employed. Um, <laughs> and I got to the hospital and I was still like, you know what? It's just spot and they're going to tell me it's normal, whatever. And then I got to the hospital, um, had it together pretty well. My, my husband stayed home with, uh, my toddler, toddler, <laughs> my daughter, our daughter, um, and just waiting forever. And, uh, it was actually new year's Eve. No, that's not true. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it, there was a lot of drunk people in there. And I was like, golly, I don't, you know, uh, I was just waiting on him in the hospital. And so I went to the bathroom and then I looked down and it was like black and it was tissue. And I was like, oh no, I was like, okay, they're either going to really have to say something or I don't know. So I still have hope, right? Go in there, finally get to the back room. Um, and I, for some reason I laid in the bed and... I curled up in a ball and I said, oh, baby, just hold on. Mommy and daddy love you. Just hold on a little bit. Just hold on. Keep growing. And uh doctor came in, told me my HCG levels. I've already been tested because apparently you're high risk when you have what I have, the PCOS. And, uh, and I knew, you know, I said in my heart, I said, okay, baby, just you can go you can go with god you can go home it's okay you don't have to hurt i thought i wasn't gonna cry <laughs> anyways and the doctor told me my uh hcg levels and they were less than they were what they were at four weeks and i said okay they said okay i said can i get out of here I just need to go to my car and cry. Just that gut wrenching, like kicked in the stomach. Just can't breathe. They said, well, you got to wait for the nurse. The nurse came in and he was very sweet and I was sobbing. Uh, much worse than this. I'm not a pretty crier. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he said he said i'm so sorry and you know all the things that people tell you when someone dies that don't mean anything but what do you say so you can't fault him <laughs> i'm so sorry for your loss yeah me too man um and i told uh called jeremy on the phone it was balling and i said i really want taco bell so <laughs> uh, so i drove through taco bell and i was crying the whole time and ordering my grilled steak burrito and uh the lady at the register i think it was an angel and she saw me and she said you are so beautiful handing me my food and went home and i know that was god and i got home and my husband came man we just cried then uh i just went i was I wasn't even mad at God. I was just like, why? Why would you answer my prayers exactly in order? Like, you did it in the timing I want. You uh, you gave me the baby. You did it. You know, I, I had all these things that I wanted God to do and check off all the lists. And he did it. And I'm like, why even give me a baby if you're just going to take him? You know, and it was a girl. God gave me a dream about it. <clears throat> With both babies, I've had a I've had a dream and I kind of revealed the gender. And it was funny in the dream. I should have known. I never got to see the baby, but I was trying to find the baby and I knew it was a little girl. And I think that was a little bit of um, kindness that the Lord showed me. Um, so I know I'll see that sweet girl in heaven. And um, anyways, so. If you can't tell, this sucks, and I'm sorry for anyone that's gone through it. And you can holler at me <laughs> if you want to talk about it. Um, and uh, so I just went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and just was like, oh, it's still there. I'm empty. Okay, God. And I couldn't get up when I was just bawling. I told Jeremy, I just have to stay in the room and cry. So... He let me do that for a day, and then the next day he said, you know, you have another daughter here, and she needs you. She doesn't know what's wrong with mama. So I got up and did it not well, but the best that I could do. And, uh, and oh, man, uh, I'll get to the God part, but just trying to recount the story. Sorry. I was praying a lot of, during this time, um, the whole time. And again, not mad, just like, why? Just why? Hurt. You know, and I don't even, and yeah, just why? Just why even giving one, God? Like, what is this for? You know? And so we got through, we got through, got through it. Um, uh, still dealing, obviously. It still hurts. It's pretty fresh. Uh, my husband was so great to me. He was so kind. Uh, and I was awful to him, and I was awful to Ray Lynn. And I wasn't mad at them. They were just, they're my people. And I took it out on them. And uh, that was not right. So, you know, during this time, I was just like, God, okay. At some point, I was like, well, I read this book. It's called The Red Sea Crossing. And I once read it during another difficult time in my life. And uh, it said, okay, you're in the middle of the Red Sea. You got the wall. You got the... uh, what are they called? Those Egyptians on the other side. What are you going to do? Right. And so, uh, 
what happened was God was glorified in that situation. He parted the seas. He made dry land when it's mush. He let the Israelites walk through on walls of water around it. I don't know how he did that, but one day he's going to have to tell me the physics. I, I would like to behind that. You'll, you'll like this, but it turns out that the word that uh, if I if I remember right, I, I heard this once that that it talks about when those walls were formed from the water. It says that they were congealed in their depths. Hallelujah. Yeah, I know. I bet they were. That's pretty crazy, right? Sorry. Yeah. I wonder if he plasma. Anyway. <laughs> God made the water jello. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'll be John Brown. Um, so that's really neat. Really going to have to talk to about that non-Dentonian fluid water. That's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's good stuff. I wish I knew that before. Now I do. So I remember getting to the point, I'm like, well, this just, I'm going to use the S word. This sucks, God. This sucks. And uh, I don't know. Sorry, like, this Bertha. does not feel good. Sorry, Bertha. Kel- Kelsey. Miss Gwen. Can I ask you a serious um, question? Did, yes. did you, <clears throat> was it utter silence for you? Yep. Oh, definitely. Total silence. And, but then at the, uh, like I said before, I've been in many situations where God does not answer me. And I'm like, well, dude, I don't know where to go. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, where else am I going to go? You're the creator of the universe. Like, even if I'm mad or mad or sad or whatever, like I don't have anywhere else to go. It's either that or I'm going to hell. So like, we're sticking with you. Um, so yes, I don't even still have an answer and I'll get to that. Like, uh, so here I was again, trying to logic it out. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes your DNA doesn't, it doesn't get the cloning process right. And you get genetic mutations and, you know, maybe this baby's brain was going to be born outside of its head. Maybe something was going to be wrong with it. And I would have caused more suffering going through and having a baby. Maybe that died in my arms. Maybe that made it till two. Maybe that had complete no enjoyment of their life if they would have made it, you know? So like, okay, that's the only logic I have because this is bad. This feels bad, but it's not bad, y'all. Like, it still feels bad, but those are my emotions. Sure. And I know, I know so many times, I know that God is good. I know he is good. And I have a track record of knowing that God is good to somebody who does not deserve it. Uh more than Shelly and her the somebody's who don't deserve it. None <laughs> of us deserve it. And like I sowed more than wild oats in my life. <laughs> uh, Shelly and Ricky can attest to that. Uh, but uh, God is good. He's immensely good. You know, and I really identified with that girl, Jenna. Like, yeah. you know what? God is, I've done really terrible things. And you know what? God gave me a really great job. He gave me a really great husband. He gave me a house over my head. We have not wanted since we've been together. He has provided. And I'm like, you know what, God? I know how to live broke. I want a baby. Like, why are you giving me all this other junk? Like, it's, thank you. It seems you to know, all, hallelujah. It seems to always be, <clears throat> now this just may be my opinion. And, and I, you know, I don't know that this is true, but it really does seem to be the way that God works it is that, the thing you want most is the one that he knows you want most and he's going to make you strive the hardest for and pray the hardest for, um, to get a lot of times that's, that's the case. Um, I won't go into my, my stuff right now, but I mean, it's, I know that's true in my life. Feel free to comment. So, um, yeah, 
it's frustrating. And I'm just like, God, I don't even need all the nice things. Like, you know, we grew up humbly. Uh, we were taken care of, mm-hmm. but um, humbly. Shelly's laughing. Well, um, we grew up we humble all are for, from humble for, a bit for, beginnings. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm just in the like, lens of, of, of the American paradigm, yeah, we, we grew up pretty humble. Yeah, yeah. No, we were rich compared to the rest of, of the world. But, uh, um, yeah. But as Americans. But, and so I'm just like, and I'm like, of course I want to have my bills paid and to buy things for my kid and, you know, buy things for my stepkids and whatever. But it's like, no, that's not what I want. God, I want this, you know? And God is good. He That is the answer. And like, I don't still feel it. And I don't hear God has not given me a reason and God might never give me a reason until I get to heaven. And that's okay because I know that God is good and I trust him because he loves Kelsey Thomas and he loves my family. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't feel good because life doesn't always feel good, but God is good. God is good. And he loves Kelsey. And it wasn't just good for the baby. It was good for me and Jeremy and Ray Lynn as well. Sorry, my husband, my daughter and me, even though it doesn't feel good. And so I have no real consolation, but I do have God's past track record in my life. And I know I can't deny that. And so I know that that has to be good. And while I don't feel it, I know it and I know it, but I don't feel it. It still stinks. And I'm still and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I pray to God. And like, I expect him to do things like a lot of things, but it, when it comes to healing for myself, I've been praying fervently for PCOS healing and other baby healing. And I struggle with the God is good. Why would he not? But on the other hand, I do see the logic in like, you know, this PCOS constantly makes me re- rely on God. It brings me back to him. So maybe that suffering does bring forth perseverance. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, you're too exhausted because this thing in your body is sucking out all your energy. Oh, God, I got to make it to nine o'clock tonight. So you got to help me. And he does. And so that's taught me a lot to like depend on him. And so I, I, I'm in the middle of it. And I don't know if I'll even be in the, the end of it when I die. But I know when I'm in heaven that I will know and that he will comfort me and I will see my little girl. And we will rejoice. And she has a way better life and way better life than she would have had here mm-hmm. right now. And so hallelujah. And it sucks because I'm selfish and I wanted her. I wanted that baby bad. But it's okay. It's not okay. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> but it is good. And it is what it is. <laughs> and so that's that's where I'm at currently right now. And I'm, oh, I, I was scattered, but. When I was saying about that healing, I don't think God will do it for me. I think he can, but I don't know if he will. And that sucks. That sucks putting yourself out there. Just like, hey, God, I know you can heal other people, but I'm not sure if you're going to do it for me. I know you love me enough to, but what's up? (laughs) So I'm there with anybody struggling with that. But at the end of the day, I know my God is good and I know my God loves me. And he's my father. (laughs) Shell, do you is there anything you wanted to add right now? I don't know. I just think of um, that quote Jenna says where she said, either you're not powerful enough or you're not good enough because everything is possible for you. And um I think the answer to that, you're not powerful enough. He's obviously powerful enough. 
and he is good enough. There's so much we don't understand. Um, and I'm not making excuses for God because he can do whatever he wants to. But have you ever noticed those kids who get everything they want? Yeah. They're brats. Terrible. The answer is God. God is working all things together for the good of those who love him according to his plan. It's not easy. It's not pleasant. Like sometimes we, we mistake those things for one another and good good is not easy good is not pleasant good is not comfortable like good is not comfortable dang it if i was god good would have been comfortable i mean that's what i would have done but comfort comfort kills good like comfort is is the killer of good yes yeah and um I, I i really do think that that's why um america's in the state it is right now i think it is I think oh that's yeah why we're God's so comfortable gosh we're, we're so beyond blessed um but i don't i don't know that we're beyond blessed shell i think that we're we're so distracted that we think that we're blessed uh, um, and i think that that's a well, huge part that of it too well we have so much i guess that's what i we, mean yes Ouch, we have that hurts uh, physically that, that and I monetarily i think yeah. that yeah it's well, we it's have tough. so I mean, much it's... that we we lose out on blessing actually um in africa they see supernatural movement and healing all the mm. time because they don't have a doctor on every corner we have here in El Paso, anyway, emergency rooms on every other corner or urgent care or yeah. whatever. Like, they've, they've taken over 7-Elevens. It's crazy. It's no longer convenience stores on every other corner. It's, it's um, medical care. And, and that, that says something, you know. It, it actually says a whole lot. We, we don't have to rely on God for much of anything in America. So maybe we are the very opposite of blessed. We don't think we do. Yeah. Well, we don't. Yeah. We, we think that we can satisfy all of our, all of our needs until we can't. And then, yeah. Then and then, and then we crying. complain. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Kelsey and I were talking in the car on the way over here about, that question people always always say that goes along with this the pain and praying through the pain and uh, believing in a god um who is good in a world where there is death and destruction and hurt and the the question if if god is a good god then how come death then how come pain and suffering if God is so good and so big, he can stop these things. How come? And I understand it is free will. God gave yeah. us free will because yep. he wanted us to love him. And love without free will isn't love. I don't know what it is. I don't have a name for it. Maybe somebody else does. Obedience. Um, I guess it would be, but I... But it's more like... Have your kids ever obeyed you? forced obedience yeah that doesn't look like love god's not around and pick up every god's not a dictator he's not uh, but uh, 
love out of obedience doesn't look very good. It looks like a very angry <laughs> five-year-old stomping across yeah. his room, throwing yeah. every toy he has back in the toy box because he was told, clean your room. Um, but with God, with with free yeah. will... You were saying, Shell? Okay. Um, I really want to address the question of how can a good God be in the midst of this chaotic world we live in free will it, it it all boils down to free will he gave us the opportunity to love him but not the obligation to love him and he gave us all dominion he gave us everything we needed and we chose his enemy and it wasn't adam and eve we can't blame it on them. Yeah, Adam and Eve did it. And um, your parents did it. My parents did it. You've done it. I've done it. We all have done it. We've, we're all guilty of high treason. We have all taken whatever piece of, of dominion we were born with on this world and we gave it over whatever for soup, you know. Um for whatever we gave it over for, for feelings of power, um, for feelings of, of love from this person or that person or whatever. We've, we've all done it. And so we come under the authority of, that was the weirdest sound, of our God's enemy. And... Oh, yeah, you didn't hear it, Rick. We, Kelsey and I both heard it. I don't know if it was my dog in the hallway being weird or what. Sorry, guys, I have animals. We, we've established this. We make that a shirt. <laughs> that was a drinking game. I'm just saying. <laughs> my animals. <laughs> if every time I said something about my animals to the viewers. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> Or if they made their presence known, uh, just people would be blitzed. Oh, man. At least all my cats are out of the room. So, anyhow. <laughs> and the one dog that's in here is very quiet. And the birds have been reasonable. So, there is that. Yeah. I haven't even heard the birds. Um, let's not jinx it. But. Um... Birds. <laughs> really, Ricky. <laughs> Anyway. Where was I at, Kelsey, before your brother so mm. rudely distracted? You were talking me. about free will. You were, you were talking about free will and oh, how suffering. So how we put ourselves under, under the authority of our enemy. And then we don't want to acknowledge God and his existence and his power until something goes wrong. And then we just want to blame him. And when everything's going right, we, we're not going to acknowledge him. We just want to talk about how well we're doing, you know, how we got it figured out, how lucky we are, whatever. Um, and then things happen and people are like, how could a good God do this thing? It's not about it. We a, did it to ourselves. We, we do. We, we go and you stand out in the rain and then you cry about getting wet. You know, it's, it's, it's very funny because 
if we follow Leibniz's Leibniz's if we follow Leibniz's um, train of thought, which says that God has created the best world there could be because he's omniscient, omnipresent, omnibenevolent, all that stuff. Um, it It's interesting that, that God decided to keep personal sovereignty. Um, it is a double-edged sword, and it is something that requires discipline, and it is something that requires the body to be kept in check um, by the Holy Spirit and by God himself, right? Um, <clears throat> even before the get-go, that wasn't an issue, right? I, honestly, I, I know that I know that Adam and Eve were, were made their own decisions, but they were also tricked into it, right? But also the angels, they made a firm decision. They, they knew exactly what they were doing. They had access that to knowledge true. you and I have not even true. an inkling of. Um, and that was, that was their own decision. So, you know, you know, it's, it's so funny to me that you bring this up. This is like a whole can of worms. I think about a lot of talk, a, a lot of the times that I'm just doing stuff. I have talks with friends of mine that are, how can I be nice about this and diplomatic are very, uh, of the more dumb socialism kind of ideas and uh all of those things have to do with trying to control free will which is not a thing that works no endless dictators endless kings endless authoritarians endless presidents endless prime ministers have enacted all sorts of stuff to try and impede free will and that is not a thing that happens i'm going to give you a for, for example I literally not not even a year ago saw something come up about AI being used to be able to draw pictures of what you're thinking about. No, thank you, firm pass. This is coming straight down the tube. It's coming down the, the fast track, and and then you start thinking about it, and you're like, someone like Kim Wong Jun could use that to figure out who's a dissent, who, who's a dissident and who really isn't oh, that's so um, awful. without even, it doesn't I'm even matter. Antarctica. I'm uh, going yeah. With you. It doesn't even matter if you, if you assent verbally and publicly or not, if they can read your, your thoughts, there's nothing you can. The funny thing is though, it's not, it's still not going to control free will. You can snuff it out. But you're not gonna. I mean, you can kill the people, but you can't do anything else. Still be more Free people. will remains what it is, right? Um, th that is, it's it's one of those things that for me was was really hard for a long time to understand. Was God, how how can you intervene? And I have free will, right? Like that's another one of those questions which has to do with with pain and suffering and all that. Why do you let this happen? If I really have free will, I'm, am I not free to fix this painful thing, right? Um, it, it's funny because God finally a while back, cause it was really plaguing me and I didn't know how to act with it. And, and God really showed me and there's a really good book that I recommend. It's called the Christian left. You should really read it. It talks a lot about a lot of these concepts and a lot of, um, we could actually use this book. It's a great book to read. I, I recommend it uh, highly. Um, but, but in that it, it talks about free will and everything. And, and one of the concepts in there that kind of, <laughs> Kind of blew me away that where where the where the sovereignty of humans ends is where the sovereignty of god begins 
that's the interplay. Yeah, that's the quote. Your your sovereignty, and this is this is something that God revealed to me. And I was like, oh, I get it. And it, I kind of was able to piece it together in my brain reading this book that I'm telling you about. And I, I just, it, it, I was, it's, it's one of those times where, you know, maybe nobody else thinks about this stuff, but for me, it's a conundrum. I'm like, well, how do I, how do I act then? And God's like, dude, just do your part. And, and that goes for everything. If you're in pain, do as much as you can and let me do the rest. That's, that's the way it's supposed to play out in eternity. My, my pastor said an immensely important quote today. Oh. He said, and it's very simple. We think that every victory is about us, but it's not. It's about him. The victories Amen. are not for us. The victories are for God. That's right. God is the one that fights the battles. It's not us that fight the battles. Right. We do everything within our very limited scope and capacity to use our sovereignty for his good. And then he does the 99.9 to the infinite decimal place. <laughs> Rest, right? Like that is that is the way it works out. So... So that he be glorified as well. Right. Exactly. I mean, right. In that, it, right? The, the, it's for his glory. The Bible absolutely. says, right, that that God God works to the good of those that are that love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. The other part that by definition or, or, or um, how do we say it in English? As a byproduct of that concept is that everything is done for our good, which then is done for his glory. And what my pastor said just was like, oh, it's synonymous. Glory is is synonymous with victory. It has to be. To the to the victor go the spoils, right? Right. right. All the glory to the to the victor. And so we are not the victors in in the story. God is the victor. And and that to me, Shell, that's actually what I was gonna personally add about this. That is pain in prayer and in everything else in life that you're applying yourself to through the lens of eternity. That's Your job. How that's how we can keep praying through the pain yes through yes. through the nose through through the silence when yeah. when we feel like he is just straight up talk to the hand that's that's when we can keep that's how we keep going yeah. it it is it is what Kelsey said I know that God is good I don't trust God yeah. for it I trust God god through it <laughs> no i just trust god yep. period fair enough the, the, period. period right there um whatever he does i trust that it's right and you know what i i don't trust i don't trust like that all the time i have to remember to trust again i don't think any of us do to tell myself again to get myself back in alignment again i trust God. I don't like everything he does. And, and anybody who spends any time in prayer with me when, when I'm praying out loud will hear me straight up tell God, I don't like what you're doing. I, I have heard that. If we are, you tell me to bring things to you, I'm going to go on record telling you I vote against this. I vote against it. <laughs> nevertheless your will i mean that's um, what jesus did amen. That's absolutely exactly what jesus prayed it's exactly what jesus prayed and i think that's hey. part of that middle voice i do i think it's part of the middle voice you you the, want my opinion i'm going to give you my opinion but your opinion 
is perfect and mine might be good but yours is perfect well, so i go with well here's the difference god doesn't give opinions god gives reality right right, right. we right, can we right. can give our opinion on reality right it's like we talked about but god gives uh, reality in 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 a unholy yoga right <laughs> it, the world the world has Don't get me no the world has values christians who stand on the truth have tenants. That's we don't right. get the luxury of values. We don't value, get the luxury yeah. of calling morality what we we want to. We have the obligation and the right, I would even say, to call the things that we live on tenants of reality, tenants of true spirituality, but not only spiritual. I mean, it, the spiritual is just a, the the physical is just a reflection of the spiritual. So they're tenants. Right. That's why they're tenants. Right. They're not optional things that we can skip over or choose. No. And I was going to say, Shelly, you know how you say I uh, vote against this God? You know what's really cool, though? Uh, he's going to do what he wants, but he listens. Right, he hears right. you. He hears you. You feel heard, you know, even if he doesn't do it. You're like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> you know, and it, right. a lot of the times looking back, looking back at things, like, you're like, wow, that was good. And I, for the situation I talked about, I, I don't see good. But you know what? My husband and I have a stronger marriage than we did before. Mm. Uh I'm more grateful for my child. Um, uh, well, and you have a I'm, platform to help other people, and and that's 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 always fun, right? Yeah. Oh, yay! My favorite. Turn my mess <laughs> into a message. Yeah, that's so great. I love to talk about the things that rip my heart right. out. <laughs> but there are people who have their heart ripped out, and they have no voice about it as well. Well, and if it's for only the purpose to help someone out, then I say, okay, God, yeah. if this was just for, I, I have had, I have grown spiritually because of this, but if this was only to help one other person out to find Christ, to find some, something, then it's worth it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it still hurts it is. though. Not, I guess. Right. Sure does. Yeah. Um, uh, does anybody want to add anything else? I, I do have something that I want to kind of finish off with, but if you guys would like to share anything else, please, by all means. Not that I can think of at the moment, but I do reserve the right. You, of course. <laughs> You're a host, so <laughs> come on down. Okay. Da, 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 um, da, 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 da. I don't know what that one's from, but I'll take it. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> <clears throat> this is a little bit lengthy, but I think it's it's worth reading. Uh, this is titled Choosing Trust from that chapter. Jenna sat in her grief counselor's office. She was at her weekly appointment trying to sift through the mess that unanswered prayer had dumped in her lap. It was a question, not an answer, that served as a subtle hinge point between the pain that destroys and the pain that transforms. The counselor gently asked her, what reason could God give you? What I mean is, what, what, sorry, what I mean is, what could God say to you, Jenna, that would justify Helen's death? Is there any reason he could offer for not healing her that would make you feel satisfactory? Any answer that would make her loss okay? Jenna spoke slowly. The truth is, there is nothing. There was nothing. And that realization left me with a choice to make. This is, this is of course, Janet speaking. 
I could embrace mystery or run from it. I could make peace with not knowing why my prayers were ans- weren't answered or or would this be the experience I define God by, the one experience that overwhelms all the others I'd had all along the way? We are all going to face painful disorientation at some point, and the challenging invitation is to trust even in the darkness. Pain and, du- pain and suffering have the capacity to deepen and transform you, but they also have the capacity to destroy you. We have to invite God, the very one who broke our trust, into the muck with us. We invite the one we are labeling perpetrator to be our healer. It's the most courageous of all our choices. Jesus reveals a God who is offensively human in contrast to any other world religion. Last but not least, the deeper our faith, the more doubt we must endure. The deeper our hope, the more prone we are to despair. The deeper our love, the more pain its it's loss will bring. These are a few of the paradoxes we must hold as human beings. If we refuse to hold them in the hopes of living without doubt, despair, and pain, we also find ourselves living without hope, faith, and love. Yeah, nicely said, Tyler. Yeah, that last part was, uh, who is that one from? Parker Palmer, but it's accurate. Mostly all the other stuff was him and Jenna. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's that's about all I have to say. You want to finish anything else? I'm still stuck. I'm I'm still stuck on the congealed water. Sorry. That's that's the, that's oh, the direct. I mean, that's really stuff. more the direction we're going. Is that kind of stuff? That kind of fantastical, unbelievable, very cool kind of stuff. I I love this kind of stuff too, though, because God. It's the Red Sea, right? It's sea what. Breed. I wonder if he increased. I wonder if he increased the salt content. To, and to Anyways, uh, well, but congealed safe. usually infers also that it was it was frozen. That's what no conge- is like jelloed. In Spanish, I'll, it may be a false cognate, the, but in Spanish, the, the the word congelado literally means to freeze. It mm. means frozen. Oh, congealed means uh like toothpaste. Yeah, to I, make the consistency of oh, toothpaste. Okay. That's Jello, clotted yeah. blood. That's even more interesting. <laughs> How weird. Yeah. Right, congealed blood. That means peanut butter is also well. A if you think about it, fluid. the state Sorry. the state of being frozen just means that it's no longer liquid. Yeah, but due to cold, I mean that's accurate. But wait, Anyways, you're looking at it. You're it looking at it from super cold. I appreciate it because you're looking at it from a scientific perspective. I'm looking at it from an etymological perspective, which is like, okay, Dude, God why is, is there any similarity there? Hmm. You know what I mean? Calma. So I'm calm. I'm good. Ricky, in your notes, <laughs> I don't have anything to say. You had referenced Revelations five eight and eight three through five, and I think Glad you're mentioning that that it's very important for us to remember that our t- tears and prayers are all collected into golden bowls, and they'll yes. be poured out on the earth, um, thrown in a sense uh, censer on censor. the earth. Um, it'll be filled with fire. And when, when I read that for the first time in the book, 
it it's really really crazy because Tyler asserts that all all of our prayers will be answered by God if not here than then in eternity and that's weird to me yeah. and i'm trying to like get that so um i mean i know that kels will see this other daughter it, there's not a question in my mind you know that i know like the sun's gonna so, rise in the morning let me ask a question let mm -hmm. me ask a question if he will answer all of our prayers right um that would have to mean, and, and he's asserting, he's asserting this idea. So I'm just kind of following his logic, but if that's the case, that means that history would have to be rewritten. I mean, I guess God can do whatever he wants. I don't know. I don't understand. Agreed. I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not pretending to say that I agree with that. I'm just saying that's what that, that are our heart's implicate. desires though, like a true heart desire. I don't think that that, you know, it doesn't go away. Right. A, a heart's desire doesn't. Um, right. Many other desires do. Um, and he will give us the desires of our heart, um, which is also a scripture I don't completely, I can't completely flesh out and understand all of. And that's probably because it's multifaceted. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, you mean you don't know all of scripture and understand it? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't. I know there there's a nasty rumor that I do, but it is false. <laughs> <laughs> I did not start it. I do not endorse it. That is not a message endorsed by this candidate. There's a little <clears throat> fat kid at school who was making that crazy claim. <laughs> but I, I love the thought that our tears and I'm our prayers hear Tom. Sorry. <laughs> Tears and prayers. Sorry, so are are being hoarded <laughs> by God. He's hoarding them. Hoarded. He's hoarding them. What you know what's interesting is that that it the reference in in Revelation also makes makes it like makes it seem like the prayers are made into incense which is very very curious. well i mean that's a that's a common um that's a common motif in revelation sure sure well it's a common motif in in ancient ancient world understanding anyway right right but but, but if you really lay down like the outlying ideas around that it makes it i mean it, it makes it a lot clearer like it means that your your prayers are sacrifice that's good and that's i mean that that's, is accurate if nothing else you are yeah. while well, you're sacrificing in in multiple levels there you sacrifice of time mm -hmm. you right. sacrifice of will if you're yes. praying right you sacrifice of will mm -hmm. you sacrifice mm -hmm. of power yeah because you yeah. you empty your hands and um maybe that's why there's so much power in prayer i mean no doubt because uh, it is very sacrificial even when it's uh, even when it's out of you lay down your life to pick it back up again 
right? Like that's the purpose. Like you lay down your life and God gives it to you. Not that you pick it up of yourself, right? Of your own God, if you do it willingly and, and you continue in that vein and in that, in that, that course of action, God returns it to you. Wow, too bad we're done with prayer because that's a really <laughs> <Ba -ba -bam. laughs> I I yeah. mean prayer will always be a topic here. Um It has to be. It's the one thing that uh thwarts the enemy's plans. It truly does. <laughs> I, it's you know. Um and it's it makes our offensive. It makes sense that... It's not a defensive yes. posture and and that's how we have to think of it too is it's mm -hmm. it's a mm -hmm. very offensive um action that we're doing and so of course the enemy wants to stop us from doing it because yep. we're we're on the attack and he has to be on the defense then so yep. i'm sure he hates it well i mean duh so all <laughs> the more reason for us to be doing it especially when we don't feel like it Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Did you have something well, to add, Kels? No, I, I don't have my glasses on. Sorry, guys. I was trying to read. <laughs> Sorry. She's like... I think... Yeah. I think that wraps it up, man. You came into this so good, and now you're leaving blind. Oh. Um, We're going to have to have Kelsey back when we have something science-y. Oh, well, that shouldn't take Let's long. Let's do it. That shouldn't take long. No, um, not at all. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess let's go ahead and finish it out. I will do the plugins and all that good jazz. Guys, um, Kels, is, is there any handles or information that people can get a hold of you if they would like to oh contact you? Oh, my goodness. You? Even if it's just an email. You can email me. Hold on. <laughs> What's your email? Uh, uh, T as in Thomas, uh, K-E-L-S-E-Y. Mm -hmm. 314 at gmail.com. I don't do social media. Sorry, y'all. That's okay. That's okay. Lame. No. <laughs> email I me. I sound I don't, I don't think it's no. lame. I think. You, you can do my I, email I that... at AOL.com. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> okay, uh, Grandma. Uh... Still Skyping. Um, yeah, no, that's good. tkelsey314 at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to her. Or if you guys would like to get in contact with her and ask her a question, you can feel free to contact us on any of the social media. We're trying to get a lot of conversation started on Twitter. That's kind of what it's for. This is, seems to be one of the few last bastions of actual free speech on, on a large platform. Um, so please feel free to hit us up there. You can hit us up at uh, our handle is at the CTW, CTDW. Um, that's actually our handle for most stuff. Uh, if you want to look us up on Facebook or Instagram as well, um, for shell, shell, what you got any plugins you want to leave? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> you, you put you them all go, down there. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They are on there. Uh, if you check the, the bottom of our feed, you'll be able to see everything. Um, and if me you personally, have if you want to get in contact with me, if you have questions yeah, for Kels and you don't, um, remember her email you're welcome to shoot them our way and we we, we gotta get we talk signs with, made yeah we talk with kelsey all the time so and if you're looking for a date forget it she's married mm. <laughs> um <laughs> what anyway um 
<laughs> you guys can contact any of us, actually. Uh, Shelly and I, personally, all of our stuff is listed on the uh, the CTDW um, link tree, which is solo, once again, solo, S-O-L-O dot T-O, solo dot T-O slash the CTDW. You have access to our podcast, all our social media, our email, um, our, both Shelly and I, our personal um, Instagrams, Facebooks, emails, all that stuff, any projects that we're doing, anything that we're interested in or doing online. Um, you can contact there. You can also support us on Patreon if you guys would like to. Um, we would be overjoyed. We're looking, I, I have a few ideas coming up uh, that I think we can do coming up to have a paywall where if you would like to hear more content by by us, the uh, nonstop obnoxious talking loudmouths, we're happy to keep talking <laughs> and let you guys join in. Um, but really and truly, we're doing these things because we, we love Jesus and we want to engage um, whether you're a believer or not. That's what's important to us. So, uh, cool. I guess I'm going to go ahead and finish it out. Hey, hold on. I have one quick question. Do it, Shell. What okay. book are you reading this week? Me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm reading like Five three books, books simultaneously. Could just give us the I'm name reading? of one. The Book of Enoch. Kelsey, what are you reading this week? <laughs> so probably be, probably ASME 31.3. Um, <laughs> it's not a book. It's uh... Did you finish Praying Like Monks Living Like Pools? It's a standard for, it's a standard for uh, my job, but it's not light reading. Um, no, I'm, I really am reading that, but um, that's not for fun. Um, I am. I'm almost finished with Tyler's book and I am starting on another book uh, called the search for enough uh, hmm. by Tyler Statton also. Oh, so cool. that's his first title, goes, right? Full, full yeah, I think so. Wow. As far as I know, he, like, he only has two books as far as I know. Yeah. I had a free audible co- credit. Wow. So I went purchase. Yeah, he's a great writer. I am reading boundaries by Dr. Henry cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And I thought I knew all about boundaries because my my friend is having me read it to do Bible study with her. And and I was like, boundaries. I know about boundaries. And then I started reading it and I'm like, I know nothing. (laughs) I know nothing, nothing at all. What is wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, well, I guess if we're talking about all the books we're reading, I'm reading the book of Enoch. I'm reading after that, after I finish going through it, I'm going to read, um, Birthright by mm, Timothy. Alvarino, yeah. I've got that one open too on Kindle. Freaking phenomenally crazy mind blowing book. If you guys are looking for end times, beginning times, pre Pretty Deluvian weird. times. Holy moly. Crazy. Ooh, crazy Deluvian. It is yeah. Deluvian. Um, and then I'm. I'm also reading, um, <laughs> because our church is reading it, uh, Marriage on the Rocks. Mar- no, sorry. Marriage on the Rock. Oh, which is that, that's probably oh. a lot better. Yeah. That that totally Can changed. you tell how I'm feeling about this book? Jeez. Oh, oh uh, in which case, so good. then I'm also reading Finding Your People by Jenny Allen. I'm sorry. With the ladies in my church, and I'm reading, I'm reading the Bible. 
I, I am also daily. You should all be reading the Bible. the Bible. Oh, I'm reading the Bible okay. too. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's Thank also God. a thing I read often. <laughs> Every day. So, cool. Sometimes you all love right. people and you read things because you love people. You love them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's leave it at that and be diplomatic about it. God bless them. Um, Numbers 6, 24 through 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Guys, we love you. Amen. We thank you. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on with us and taking some time. Thanks for having me. Out of your crazy yeah. busy schedule with your toddler. We love you. And your crazy job. Love y'all. Yes. Peace, guys. God bless, guys. It's fine. Shalom. Shalom. Thank you for watching this episode of The Christian Theological Dark Web. For questions or comments, please email us at thechristiantheologicaldarkweb at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, please look for the Patreon link in the description. This has been another production of CTEW Studios. Thank you, and God bless.